When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Cassie left it for McDavid. Drive the net. What a shot! Top right corner, unbelievable! Two flyers draped all over him. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Tipping off in an hour, the Toronto Raptors taking on the Golden State Warriors in game four of the NBA Finals. We will get a preview of that match and talk about some other storylines surrounding the finals in a few minutes. Rob Left, who's covering the Raptors for Global Television, will check in direct from Oakland. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chad. Hey, one week from tonight. The Eskimos play their first game of the CFL season, home game against the Montreal Alouettes. We, of course, will have it for you. 5.30 for the countdown to kick off, and the game will start at 7. You can text me at 6.30, The phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh, I, as I was saying to Jillian, yes, I know I sound terrible. Uh, some voice issues tonight. I feel fine otherwise. But unfortunately, I guess this is the Kathleen Turner version of my voice, Kellen Kennedy. <laughs> There's a reference. Do, do we have a generation of people who don't know who Kathleen Turner is and of her uh, sultry, somewhat gravelly voice? <laughs> I don't know if I'm as sultry as Kathleen Turner. No. <laughs> Quick no there. Who, who, who would you rather, Kellen, Kathleen Turner or Sigourney Weaver? You still in Weaver's oh, camp? Sigourney oh, you're still. tempted now. Still Sigourney. Still Sigourney, yeah. I got, I got to say, though, if, if anybody ever wanted to phone in and and get something off their chest, sports-wise or otherwise, this is probably the night to take advantage of the open line because I'll gladly take a break from talking. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Thanks for bearing with me tonight. I do appreciate it. Always a pleasure to bring you the show. Uh, I mentioned Raptors start in an hour. The Edmonton Stingers on home court tonight at the Expo Center taking on the Fraser Valley Bandits. The Stingers 3-3 three and three after losing in Saskatchewan last night, 69-62 to the Rattlers. The Bandits come into Edmonton with a record of 0-5. The Prospects played an afternoon game in Brooks, and they beat Brooks 9-7 in 10 innings. The Prospects up to 6-4 on the season. They will host Okotoks tomorrow at 7 at Remax Field. St. Louis Blues forward Ivan Barbashev suspended for Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final on Sunday for a check to the head of Marcus Johansson as the Blues can win the Stanley Cup on home ice up three games to two. Just uh, quickly here on the series, and that was a blown call last night. Kellen, you were you would have been here opping the game yeah. as we have been bringing the Cup final games to you here on six thirty. Chet Sunday at six on the airwaves for Game Six. Uh, that was a blown call, absolutely on what should have been a trip, and then you know four seconds after it, it's uh, it's a goal for the St. Louis Blues. From an observer of the NHL, I'm sitting there thinking, man, that is tough. 
That, that's a missed call. We've seen some missed calls in these playoffs or, or debatable calls that have had big impacts on series. From that standpoint, I'm like, man, that is tough. From the standpoint of the team that over the last decade has employed a couple of the cheapest, dirtiest, slimiest players in the NHL, and now they're complaining about a bad call, I don't feel so bad for the Boston Bruins, quite frankly, from that standpoint. And if you've listened to this show at all, it is, I am not unbiased towards the Boston Bruins and Brad Marchand, who I did years ago, and I somewhat regret doing this. I probably would not use this stronger word now that I'm deeper into my broadcast career, but in my first year or two hosting the show, I did call Brad Marchand a puke, and I probably wouldn't do that anymore. I remember that. Uh, not my finest moment, probably a little too mean-spirited and over-the-top. Uh, but having said that, uh, that was a blown call. Now, it, it could have happened, and the, I, I thought the Bruins stopped on the play a little bit, expecting a penalty. And you know what you're taught, even as a little kid, play until you hear the whistle. Uh, but the Blues, and, and you know, I called the Blues before the series to win in seven. And I said, just whatever happens to them, they bounce back from it. They got blown out in, in game three. Another thing they've recovered from. And you just and look, they are playing well. They're hitting, uh, they're forechecking, and they're, they're getting some breaks. They got a break on that call. It seems the puck, you know, the Bruins have chances. It's bouncing just wide. It's, it's bouncing off a Bruin stick. It's bouncing to a Blues defender in, instead of to a Bruin. And uh, I, I think they're going to close it out. All right, Daryl is offering me a bit of a reprieve from speaking at 780-496-0063. Hey, Daryl. Hey, hey, how's it going? How's You're talking doing? about all the different parameters. It's, um, you think about uh, some of the old goals where it could have been game changers, breaking sticks. Um, uh, last time the Oilers went to the playoffs there and then uh, Buddy slid into the, uh, the goaltender, right? Kessler had grabbed Talbot's pad. I do remember that. And uh, but there's so many parameters where, but if you look at all the different things where people can actually change the whole game by not complaining so much and actually look at just doing what's right. Eh? I mean uh, the calls like against even Canada in the soccer match with the U.S. Right? Oh, the women's game. Yeah, I mean you know it was blatant. You could see it, but who are you going to tell, right? Well, and let me ask you this, Daryl, and, and I, I don't know how often you listen to the show, but we, you know, we do segments every once in a while on video replay, and I don't like to yep. talk about officiating all the time because it could just turn into a two-hour complaining session, and I respect the officials a lot. Are we too hard on the officials? Like, do we? I, I feel like sometimes as fans and media, we accept errors from players more than we accept errors from officials, and is, and is that right? Well, actually, we're not um, uh, on the officials, but what is what's the officials... When, when you're actually a boss or whatever, you have to have an unbiased opinion, right? So that's where the official may have a certain opinion and or because even in the military, if you don't like somebody, you might have an opinion just on the whole group, right? So you got to look at different things, but the officials are normally really good. I agree. I, I agree. And we point out their mistakes and not all the calls they get right. And that's a very well, good comment, Daryl. Well, well, everybody, it's even like Fred Stamps, right? I mean, when he had his leg injury, right? Uh, I met Fred at the Blockbuster before it closed uh, what, on 107th or whatever. Okay. Great guy. 
And, uh, I mean, you know, and so now you keep wishing, like, hey, hope he does good, right? And now with his retirement even, like, we're talking, we're going off tangent here, but it's going even to uh, football referees, right? I mean, now that we got women in the program, I mean, let's keep it going. Like, let's be unbiased. Daryl, you've won me over, a good phone call in general, but you really won me over by making a blockbuster video reference, buddy. Thanks a lot for calling. Cheers and tell Fred I said hi and tell him it's the injured vet that he met. Okay, good stuff. That is Daryl checking in, 780-496-0063. All right, Rob Leth covering the Toronto Raptors for Global Television, and it is Game 4 coming up tonight. Rob, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thanks so much. Doing great out here in Oakland. Yeah, great to have you on the show, and thanks for checking in so close to tip-off. You're, uh, man, uh, you're with the team, uh, following the Raptors, and obviously the, the fans as well. Give me a little bit of the, the sense of the vibe. I mean, how many Raptors fans are are around, have, have made the trip, and, and how excited must they be going into this big Game 4? Well, it's pretty cool in uh, Game 3 uh, here at the Oracle uh, because they give all the fans uh, who are supporting the Warriors these golden T-shirts that say, stay golden on them, so... Uh, you get like 20,000 fans, you know, wearing these golden shirts, except for the, uh, I would say, a uh, couple hundred Raptor fans who have traveled to Oakland from all across Canada. We met some fans actually uh, from Edmonton on the first day, and they stick out like a sore thumb. They're wearing the red Raptors jerseys in the middle of this sea of gold, and it really is a sight to behold. And obviously, they're all ecstatic with what happened in Game 3. The Raptors taking a 2-1 series lead, and uh, it really is a, a national feel, not just a Toronto feel for this Raptors team. Well, I, that's pretty cool, Robin. And I, the other night, I compared this to the Blue Jays winning the World Series in 92 and 93. Because let's face it, when it comes to the Maple Leafs, uh, the rest of Canada hates Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the Leafs and Canadians, I'd say, do have a, a bit of a, a fan base from coast to coast, but there are so many Canadian hockey teams. So for baseball uh, and for basketball, there's only one. Obviously, there used to be the Vancouver Grizzlies, but it's just the Raptors now. So it just, uh, you know, I, I think it escalates, and especially with no Canadian hockey team getting anywhere close to the Stanley Cup final this year, I think everyone's kind of switched to the, uh, from the ice to the hardwood. Yeah, it's been pretty fun to watch. Uh, in, in terms of some stuff going on in the series, uh, Kyle Lowry got shoved by, by the guy sitting courtside. Can, can you just sort of wrap up this story for everybody? Because that was, I mean, the basketball players wind up diving for loose balls into the stands or the vicinity of the fans all the time. But it's, it's rare that, that something like that happens. So can you sort of take us through this and, and, and I guess what we have as a resolution right now? Yeah, it really is crazy because, um, you know, most fans who sit courtside, they're playing a lot of money to be there. And they pretty much know the rules and the inherent risks of sitting courtside. And when you throw in the fact that you're a co-owner of the team uh, and you're sitting courtside all the time, I'm, I'm sure he's seen this happen before, but Kyle Lowry chased down a loose ball, uh, you know, made the attempt, went flying into the crowd, made some contact, and... The, uh, the co-owner of the uh, of the Warriors leans over and gives him a good shove right in the shoulder. Like, obviously, it's not something that's going to hurt Kyle Lowry, but you just you can't touch the players. And, you know, I give a lot of respect to Lowry for not reacting to, uh, to this guy shoving him. Uh, it could have, you know, been another malice at the palace that we saw several years ago in Detroit with a big uh, wide-scale brawl breaking out, but... Lowry kept his composure, but uh, the NBA obviously uh, 
not too impressed with what happened, and they've issued a $500,000 fine and say that uh, the owner of the uh, co-owner of the Warriors can't attend any more games this season, I believe next season as well. But uh, obviously a huge no-no, and you know, just uh, of note heading into the game here tonight, they've actually posted these little tags on the seat sports side uh, saying the fans, uh, you know, proper conduct policy and saying basically don't touch the players. So the NBA has reacted uh, quickly and efficiently, and hopefully we don't see another scene like that in game four or any game actually going forward. Okay, so, so you're there. The Warriors have been the top team in the NBA. I mean, five straight years in the finals, three championships. Uh, I mean, they played Cleveland those four years in a row. And, and they are beat up, obviously, with, with several key players missing you know, games or multiple games in this series. I'm wondering what the dialogue is there from Warriors fans and, and the media in Oakland and the Bay Area. I mean, is it sort of like, well, we would be winning if, or or is it that like, well, you know, we're, we, we're still the best team over the last five years, or or is it just like, man, we're getting beat. we got to play better against Toronto. I'm just wondering what some of that sort of fan and talk show discussion is. Well, you know, like any time a team loses that you're cheering for, there's going to be excuses. And I, I don't necessarily think it's exclu- uh, excuses for the Warriors, but it is, you know, valid reasons. They're missing uh, Clay Thompson this last game with a straight hamstring. And, of course, they're missing Kevin Durant, who uh, hasn't played for a month now with his injury. And now Kevon Looney is out for the rest of the playoffs. So these are three key pieces to the team, uh, especially Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. And the Raptors, to their credit, are taking advantage of that. Uh, you know, if you have a weakened opponent, you have to go in for the kill. That's what the Raptors have done. Clay Thompson expected back for game four tonight. He is in the lineup. But you have to wonder, how effective is he going to be? Like a straight hamstring, you don't know how a player is going to react. He took one game off, but you just never know with these types of injuries. If he comes back and makes a sudden movement on the court, all of a sudden maybe he pops that hamstring and is done as well for the rest of the playoffs. Rob Leth from Global Television joining us from Oakland. Raptors getting set to take on the Warriors tonight in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Hey, you know, you've been covering the Raptors for years. Obviously, they've had some some really good teams, uh, you know, some excellent teams that couldn't get over the hump and go this deep into the playoffs. Maybe tell me a little bit about your observations of this team. I mean, in sports, there are, you know, the, the highway is, is riddled with teams that had great expectations but couldn't meet them. Maybe just tell me from your yeah. point as an observer, as a media guy, when you sort of got that sense that they had that vibe, they had that swagger, that, that they, they could meet the expectations and maybe go deep like they have. Well, it's funny that you asked me this question uh, right this very second because uh, as you asked that, Kawhi Leonard actually just walked by out to the court for a pregame warm-up. But uh, that was the moment, the moment they traded for Kawhi Leonard because, you know, DeMar DeRozan was a great player for this franchise, uh, you know, teaming up with Kyle Lowry for the last several years, but they could never get over that hump. I know LeBron James had a lot to do with that, but the moment they got Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, let's not forget about him in that trade, you know, this is one of the best players in all of the NBA, and not just offensively, but defensively as well. And he's got that quiet confidence about him. You never see him, you know, with swagger or trash-talking anybody or shoving it into his face. He just goes out there, gets the job done, and moves on to the next game. And I think uh, it's that kind of work ethic and that kind of mentality that has rubbed off on the rest of the team and has probably helped a guy like Kyle Lowry as well take his game to the next level. So 
you know, it all centers around Kawhi Leonard, uh, not just with his talent, but his leadership on the court as well. And uh, this guy is the real deal and one of the, uh, the best players of this generation. I got to ask you about one other guy. He has never scored a point for the franchise, but he's associated with the team. He was on our afternoon talk show. What can you tell me about Nav Batia, the Raptors super fan? This guy's special, isn't he? Yeah, this guy is just an amazing human being. Uh, has time for everybody, and I'm sure he was a delight on your show as well. And, you know, opposing fans, you know, there's been incidents where, you know, there's been racial slurs against him and uh, trash talking against him. And he takes that and turns the negative into a positive, and he has even made friends with people who have, uh, you know, issued those slurs against him. So he's just a great great supporter of the team has been to every single game in their history and to see a guy like that get rewarded for his patience to be here you know not only in toronto but on the road uh, here in oakland as well a lot of people want to see this team win it for nav hey man enjoy the game tonight and uh, either way it's going to be wild monday in toronto but but especially if they're coming home with a chance to win the title rob thank you so much for checking in i know you're busy this was great all right thanks man that is rob Le- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Raptors in Oakland, and we'll keep you updated once that game tips off at 7. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. We'll go straight to Mark on line one. Is this Mark from the Edmonton Table Hockey League? This is Mark from the Edmonton Table Hockey League. How were your playoffs? Playoffs were good. Yeah, no, we had uh, we had 16 guys show up, so we had uh, two pools. We had uh, a pool while everybody starts in the round of 16, and then people that lose play in the B pool. The people that win play in the A, and we just went down from there. It was a good. Uh, it was a good playoff. Who won? Uh, the Wayne Gretzky of Canadian table hockey, Reggie Stefanishin won. Uh, myself and Kent faced off in the uh, semifinals, and it went down to seven games. Seventh game was overtime. I, I uh, luckily bested him in that game, so I got to play uh, uh, Reggie, and I was hoping to do a little bit better. But uh, he was on an all he was on a, uh, a different level that day. We'll just put it that way. I think he, I think he may have lost one game in his entire playoff run. Oh wow! <laughs> so what's next now for t- the table hockey guys? Uh, well, what's next? Uh, I mean, as as we were talking about before, uh, Kent uh, is going to be doing the North American Championships, which are taking place in Chicago uh, end of July, and uh, after that, uh, for ourselves here in the ETHL and. Western Canada will be doing the Centennial, I believe, September 15th at West Edmonton Mall. So that's we're pretty much shut down for the summer besides uh, honing our, our craft as professional table hockey players. Okay. <laughs> well, that was fun when you guys came in a couple of months ago, that, or I guess about a, about a month ago. That was a real, that was a really fun sight. What else is on your mind? You ready for Eskimos? You're watching the Cup? You're watching the Raptors? What's going on? I'm, you know what? I'm really enjoying it, to be honest. I, I, I hope this is the year of the Blues. I've been uh, I've been woefully disappointed in many playoff drafts, uh, 
where I've gone heavy blues and uh, been blown out in the first round. Uh, so I'm really, I'm really hoping for somebody new to win the cup. They have been a, a really an amazing story for this uh, for this year. Uh, the Raptors, uh, that's a different animal entirely. I uh, I feel for the city of Toronto if they uh, if they win the uh, the NBA Finals, that is going to be hopefully uh, controlled. Uh, but I have a feeling it might end up in a Vancouver type situation. But it's exciting. I mean, for me here in uh, in Edmonton, it's very exciting. Um, other than that, I, I I really am not enjoying the outside weather. Although I know we need the rain. <laughs> I mean, you weren't made of sugar out there. You guys didn't start melting, and that's why you had to head in, did you? Uh, At the golf course. The well, the the my group played fourteen holes, and the wind picked up, and we were at a hole that had one of those, like those tent things, but like with the posts and the awning, and the wind picked it up, and it started spiraling around, and we thought maybe we should go in. <laughs> that was probably a good call. No, it's. Uh, it's been entertaining, actually. I got to take my dog outside to the uh, to the bathroom there today, and I think she must be made of sugar because that one there, she cannot stand the rain. And and I and and this is a, all joking aside. I, I had to I had to take an umbrella. I had to take an umbrella and make sure she didn't get wet. Oh wow! So she's she could special. go to the bathroom. I mean, she's... she she's a prima donna of a husky puppy. <laughs> Mark, thanks for calling, buddy. Call any time, hey, okay? You bet. You have a great Friday. That is Mark, 780-496-0063. Man, we covered off a lot in a, in a quick phone call. That was fun. Uh, what's it? Lucic, maybe to Calgary? How realistic is that? Bob Stoffer will weigh in when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Uh, by the way, Blue Jays in action tonight, trailing Arizona 5-0 in the bottom of the fifth. The Raptors tip off in half an hour. We will keep you updated on that one. We have Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final on 630 Chad. Sunday at 6 as the Blues lead the Bruins three games to two. Barbashev suspended for game six for a check to the head of Marcus Johansson last night. And uh, the Eskimos open their season one week from tonight. Of course, we will have it for you. 5.30 countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 7. My name is Reed Wilkins, Kellen Kennedy, our studio operator tonight. Kellen, great to see you, buddy. Hey, it's good to see you too, Reed. Now, uh, you did not golf in the 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous Gary Drager Memorial. Have no. you ever played in that tournament? No. Have never you ever have. attended that tournament? Never have. You should try uh, to get out. Was, I was living vicariously for everybody's Facebook and Instagram posts, though, today. It was, looked like everybody was having a lot of fun despite the weather conditions. So. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it's a great tournament. Over $10,000 raised for, for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Uh, great for me. I got to golf with Ken Franchuk from Crystal Glass, Heidi Fedoric, Justin Cook from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. We had a lot of time, a lot of fun. I saw Heidi posted a. You, you know, it's, it's, you know, some people say, well, I, I can't stand like seeing pictures of myself or I'm nervous for public speaking or whatever. I, I don't really have a problem with that. But for me, it's seeing video of my golf swing. Oh, that's what's horrifying. Heidi posted a slow motion video of my golf swing. Ugh. And not only that, it's on, there's a hole at, and it's, it's named after uh, Matt Wilkes, who unfortunately we lost a few years ago, but uh, Matt often won the men's longest drive at the tournament and so the the, the hole uh, that is named after him is is for the men's longest drive 
but you have to do it wearing hockey gloves. So imagine a man being me with an already awkward golf swing and then wearing hockey gloves to hit the ball. It's not pretty, Kellen. It's very happy Gilmore. Yeah. It's well I, maybe I should have done that to take her I don't I don't think I'm coordinated enough to take a run at it like he, <laughs> like he did. I don't know if that would actually work. Uh, thanks for bearing with me tonight. Yes, as I mentioned off the top of the show, I know I sound awful. I feel fine. This is where my voice is at right now. Uh, Matt texted and he says, uh, Reed, you sound like Ryan Jesperson. A little bit. Is this how Jespo sounds? A little bit. In my head, I don't sound like Ryan Jesperson. I can kind of hear it, but not not totally. It, it, it's it, a, the resemblance is there, though. It's a faint resemblance. And, and, I, and I said off the top of the show, I, may, I maybe have that Kathleen Turner sultriness. I like it. Uh, this texter wrote in and says, uh, Reed, if you have seen Kathleen Turner lately, you would know that you are more sultry than her at this time. LOL. I guess that's a compliment. Doing a Google search and... Well, I mean... Eh. <laughs> Kellen's undecided. However, I did I did find this, Kellen. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. This is Kathleen Turner voicing a Burger King commercial in 1999. Nice. This preview contains four slices of hot melted cheese. A cheese sauce with a real racy kick. Plus two thick. Juicy quarter pound burgers. That's a lot of meat for national television. Got the urge. That was for the uh, new extreme, extreme, X dash dream double cheeseburger from Burger King. It's the voiced. late 90s, everything was extreme. So. I don't know about you, that meat, that made, that made me hungry. Sultry. <laughs> And uh, Don texting in, he goes, hey, Reed, you couldn't resist taking a shot at the Maple Leafs. Did I take a shot at the Maple Leafs? I can't remember. <laughs> well, I said that the rest of the country outside Toronto hates the Maple Leafs, which I don't think is a shot. I think that's a fact. I mean, yes, there are Leafs fans from coast to coast. There's a lot of Leaf haters. All I was saying was that it's interesting when it comes to the Raptors is that a lot of people who would never cheer for one Toronto sports team are all in for this Toronto sports team to win. That's all. That's how it goes. I mean, same thing with the Blue Jays. But I'm sure there are, to keep it in Edmonton, I'm sure there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of Edmontonians uh, who want the Toronto Raptors to win the NBA who would, you know, sooner, like, give away all their belongings before they want the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. That's all I'm saying. I'm not taking a shot at them. Like if I were taking a shot at them, I'd you know I'd just say mean things or call them pukes, like I called Brad Marchand once. <laughs> anyway, Daryl says, uh, "Oh, he must have golfed today." He says, uh, "Hey, Reed, happy Gilf- Gilmore worked for me." Oh, this was in Winnipeg, closest to the hole in Winnipeg. Shanked it off the uh, helicopter door on the course. I think he's. I think he might be making a mini golf reference. And uh, Shauna says, Reed, you're rocking that sexy phlegm voice. <laughs> Isn't phlegm a great word? Phlegm. Like, there's no, that's one of the greatest words in the English language. It just sounds like it, it totally describes what it's talking about. 
That could be the name of one of our heel stables in the slaw. Flem. The Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. Yeah. We're still accept. Well, we uh, Roadhammer texted in at the end of the show the other night. I saw that, and so he's automatically the first champion. He said he will hold the championship with great yeah. honor, and he already has. He already has a wrestling name. Like he goes by Roadhammer on the text line, so we just keep him as as Roadhammer once we get him wrestling. Most it's- honorable. Roadhammer. It's it's perfect. All right. I uh, tell you what. Uh, we'll bring in Stoffer after the break. Uh, Stoffer is going to see the cult tonight, so I'm sure he'll he'll uh, he'll touch on that. And I know on his show. Now I missed Stoffer's show earlier today, so this will be educational for me as well. But I guess there was some discussion, rumor about Lucic being traded to the Calgary Flames. What is up with that? You'll find out when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, you get him every day, noon to 2 here on 630 Chad on Oilers Now. And, of course, he's the color analyst for our Oilers broadcast here on 630 Chad. It's my good friend Bob Stoffer. Bob, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, by the sounds of it, better than you, Reed. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Not the best I've sounded, but uh, but I feel okay. But uh, yeah, I'm getting through it tonight. It's it's all right. Hey, you're you got a fun night ahead. Is it the cult you're going to see tonight, man? That sounds cool. Yeah, no, I'm going to the cult. Uh, I'm meeting a couple of yard apes there. We're gonna have a you know a, a nice light uh, uh, pre-act uh, dinner and uh, and then have some fun. So it should be a kicker. Now, is this a band you've been uh, longing to see or a band you're seeing out of nostalgia, or what's the connection here? Uh, You know, I got into a cult in the late 80s, so, uh, you know, maybe off the top of my head, maybe like January, February 1988, I remember I kind of got into them a bit, and, uh, you know, I... I always wish like I could dance like the guy, the lead singer from the Cult. But uh, no, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time. So uh, why not, right? Like it's uh, yeah, it takes you a trip down memory lane. And I don't know how many times I've you know privately sung uh, "She Sells Sanctuary" to myself. So there you have it. Nice. Okay. Good. Well, I hope you have a good time. Thanks for fitting me in before you go. Uh, I want to talk on some uh, on some hockey stuff with you, obviously, and, and some stuff you had on your show earlier today. Uh, but it is the Raptors game tonight, Bob. Th- I mean, this has been fun to watch. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Bob, I have become more interested in the NBA over the last three to four years. A large part of that is because of the Golden State Warriors, who the Raptors are playing in the final because they play up-tempo. Uh, they don't slow the game down. They take a lot of three-pointers. They're fun to watch. Now, I hope the Raptors are able to overcome them in this series. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard, to me, has been a joy to watch because he's such a, a great all-around player. So a chance for the Raps to really take a stranglehold on this series tonight. Well, what's interesting, Reed, is I've kind of, you know, like I watched a fair amount of basketball in the 80s, a lot of NCAA college basketball. When we first moved into the city, and you can relate to this, because was it in Twistle or Evansburg? Where did you grow up? Yep, north of Evansburg. Yeah, so, you know, how many channels did you have out there? Oh, two. Well, we could get ITV, but we had to move the aerial, so then we only got one, but it was ITV to watch the right, Wednesday right. night Oilers games. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So when I first moved into the city and got cable back in 1979-80, like the first thing that, uh, you know, was, was the access to the NBA playoffs. And so I watched a lot of NBA in the 1980s uh, in, into about the mid-1990s and, uh, and a fair amount of NCAA basketball in the early 1980s, back in the days of Pie Slamma Jamma with the Houston Cougars and 
uh, you know, Georgetown, obviously, with Patrick Ewing. and uh, But, I, I, you know, it's funny. Once Vancouver and Toronto went into the NBA, I was never – that from that sort of mid-90s point on, or late-90s in the case, I'm not the biggest Raptors fan. So, you know, this is interesting. I mean, Kawhi's a great player, that's clear. He's got real leadership abilities, incredible composure. Um, you know, I'm kind of a LeBron guy, so I didn't like how Kevin Durant, you know, chose Golden State and loaded them up even further. But that's how it's done in the NBA. And let's just hope that's not how it ends up in hockey. Unless we're talking about Taylor Hall maybe next summer coming back to Edmonton. Then I'm totally for it. But, uh, no, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting series. And Toronto's already won one more game than I thought they were capable of winning. So I tip my hat to them. Yeah, well, and you know what, Bob? Just to, just to wrap up that point, I yeah, I mean, look, like 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 you said, growing up, I couldn't watch a lot of games. It was certainly interesting with the Bulls era through the '90s. It kind of yeah. lost me after yeah, that, and absolutely. that's because the the game slowed down. You know, the Knicks had those. The Knicks never won, but they kind of were a bang away team. I mean, the Spurs were great, but maybe not as exciting as some of the other teams. But as we've seen in the in the NFL and and the NBA, and I still think hockey maybe needs to do some things like this. It, you you got to sell the offense. You got to sell the offense. You got to sell it. Absolutely, absolutely. You got to sell the offense. Okay, so. Uh, Elliot Friedman was on your show earlier today, as he is every Friday, and uh, I was golfing, yeah. so I'm glad you can enlighten me on this. I was in the 630 Chad uh, Santa's Anonymous tournament, and it's it's the one name you and I get asked about a lot. Is there a way to get Milan Lucic's contract off the books for the Oilers? Could another team take him? What was uh, Elliot's theory today? Well, Elliot believes that the Edmonton Oilers have investigated James Neal and believes that maybe we're talking about a, a flip where uh, Neil goes to Edmonton and Milan Lucic goes to Calgary. They both have the same term length left, and the difference in the dollars is $250,000 a year between the two players. Um, James Neal had a bad year last year. I think he only scored seven goals. I will say this. I've talked to people involved with Calgary the last couple of years, and I think Lucic has had some effectiveness against the Flames. And uh, I know Brad Trey Living's never been one to shy. I mean, he was a tough guy himself when he played. And I think there's a feeling that maybe the Flames at times have been bullied, and maybe that's that would be the interest in Lucic and also an opportunity for... Uh, both players to get a fresh start elsewhere. Uh, how like this is Elliot's thing? I'm kind of looking at it. I thought, well, are we talking a three-way? Maybe with Vancouver getting the mix? You know, has Jim Benning been in conversation with Jerry Johansson, Milan Lucic's agent? Milan mentioned he might be open to going to Vancouver. Would we be talking about, you know, a scenario where maybe um, uh, Lucic goes to Vancouver? Theoretically, uh, Louis Erickson goes to Calgary, and then the Oilers get Neil. It did not go well for Neil last year in Calgary. We, I think he was a healthy scratch the playoffs. This is a guy that's a ten-time twenty-goal scorer. So uh, that was, I believe, Elliott's was more along the lines of a straight one-for-one Lucic for Neil. And I'm telling you, if uh, if that came to fruition. That would be a trade I have a feeling about we'd be talking about all summer. But uh, don't know how much validity is to it. Uh, Elliot thinks there's some. And uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, whether or not it comes to fruition. Well, that, it, that's it's an interesting theory. It's it's fun to talk about here in the, in the first week of June for sure. Um, man, two, I mean, Edmonton, Calgary, whatever. There have been two trades in the past. 
so it, it, it rarely if ever happens even if you wheeled in Vancouver that would be that would be one for the history books that, that those teams did connect and, and look Calgary I, I thought they'd win the West in the playoffs it didn't come together for them against Colorado but I didn't think they lost. I don't know how you saw that series, Bob. I didn't think they lost to Colorado because they got pushed around. I think Colorado played no, great no. at the right time, and, and some of Calgary's guys didn't connect like they had been in the regular season. I think the concern for Calgary might have been what would have happened if they had gotten, you know, San Jose in a divisional final or Vegas in a divisional final and up against St. Louis. So they have had the necessary uh, repertoire in their game to, to, to play that. Uh, and in the Oilers' case, they've got other players that bring some of that in terms of Kaft, you know, who can skate, and Jujar Kera, who needs to become more consistent. Darnell Nurse has got an edge on the fence. So they've got a slightly different makeup and composition to their hockey team. So, look, I, at this stage, Reed, I got no gauge as to, I mean, Elliot just doesn't throw stuff out for the heck of it, but I got no gauge as to how far along these organizations were in a conversation like that, but it's certainly an interesting concept. Bob Stoffer, host of Oilers Now, noon to two every day here on 630 Chet, joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, man, we're two weeks away from the draft, Bob. We got a bit of a, a, a draft contest going here on uh, on 630 Chet for a mock draft for fans, so that'll be fun for them to, uh, to get involved in. I, I know a lot of the... Uh, Names out there now for the Oilers circulate around maybe getting somebody from the U.S. development team program. The Western Hockey League guys, you know, I don't know if any of the big guns are going to be there. Obviously, we got a local kid, Kirby Doc, who I don't think he's going to be there for the Oilers. I mean, are we looking at maybe an American player here for Edmonton at number eight? Well, we could be. I mean, Ken Holland, Detroit, he's seen a lot of the U.S. national development players. Uh, I'm not sure where, you know, I believe that Kirby Doc is going in the top five. Uh, I don't think Kirby Doc will be there at eight. I think Dylan Cousins might be. Uh, you know, today we had Sam Cosentino on the show, and he talked about recency bias. Well, Canada didn't crush it at the uh, U18s. I mean, they lost that uh, tough game to Sweden, and then the Americans had way more skill in them and beat them. Uh, I find this to be really interesting. Like, I look at the Americans in that program, and they basically loaded up one team, and they didn't win the tournament. You know, but they have that team loaded up every year, and so they're playing with a lot better players. And in the case, and, and their whole year is geared to performing Reed Wilkins in the U18. Conversely, for Canadian players, their year is geared, you know, for Kirby Dock, who was injured during the second round of the WHL playoffs. His year was geared, you know, geared to win the Western Hockey League Championship and go to the Memorial Cup. Uh, same for Dylan Cousins, who got bounced in the first round. He went to the U18. So, uh, you know, I, I'm operating under the, the pretext of the following. We know that Hughes and Kako uh, are going to be gone. I personally believe that uh, Bowen Byram will be gone uh, in the top five, along with Alex Turcotte, an American as well as the aforementioned Kirby Doc. Could Dylan Cousins be there at eight? He might. Trevor Zegras from the U.S. National Development Program, he could be there at eight. I could see that happening. Uh, I could also see both those guys going six and seven. Um, and then, you know, uh, Swedish defenseman Philip Roberg, who you saw here last year in the Lenka Gretzky tournament, Reed, he's a, a guy to keep an eye on as well. Uh, and then, there, you know, Matthew Boldy, the U.S. National Development Program, and Cole Caulfield. So that's going to make for a real interesting time in Vancouver. But I don't think it's going to be the sole point of focus for Edmonton. I think there's going to be some other things to take into consideration, like potential trades. All right. Bob, thanks for checking in, man. Enjoy the show. Hey, Reed, rest that voice up, brother. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.